Hello, and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Dev Life series. Hello and welcome to Codish. I am Charlie Gleason. You may remember me from previous podcasts. Uh, I am once again joined by one of my favorite human beings in the whole world, Stephen Barlow. Uh, and we're here to talk to you about side projects. Stephen, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, Charlie. I would love to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Stephen. I am the lead strategist for the Heroku Dev Center, uh, which is not a side project. That's a main project. So that matters less today. But uh, uh, yeah, I've been at Roku for about uh, two and a half years. I realized I didn't say what I do. So I look after um, brand and design stuff at Roku as well. And I think I've been there about the same amount of time as you are. You have. Yeah, Um, you just celebrated your two year anniversary, right? Yeah, I did. Yes. We congrats. Yeah, time. Well, thank you very much. Thank (laughs) you. Um, So I guess first off, uh defining like explaining what a side project is is probably a good way to a good way to start this i guess i'd probably describe it as anything you do on the side <laughs> yeah true right that makes right. sense but i was, like because it's like <laughs> not necessarily technical right it could just be anything that you oh yeah outside of your job that you like is like a project that you enjoy totally like like if it's anything that like isn't the main thing that you're doing to you know provide for yourself and your family, uh, sure. presumably it's something you do on the side and it doesn't have to have anything to do with code or code-ish. It- <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the stuff that we've worked on has always been kind of a web focus. Um, yeah. So that's probably going to be a bit of a theme. Um, but I think when, the reason I got really into this kind of, um, I don't know, taking on these projects, taking on these little things, I like them because they're kind of these bite-sized <laughs> Um, they're unrestricted. You own them. You can like enjoy them for as long as you enjoy them, and you can walk away. And uh, also, in terms of like finding inspiration and, and learning new skills, I just I find it really fun in a way that I did not think I would. Yeah, um, it- and I suppose it's collaborative as well, right? You get to hang out with people, and if you find like like-minded people to create things with that is such a spark that can really like inspire you in ways that you didn't necessarily think it would. Totally. And and oftentimes when you're working with other people, the sort of role you take with those other people is very different from the role you have at your job. And uh, because your competencies or your background relative to the people at your job is very different potentially from the, your background relative to the other people you're collaborating with on something else. So you might suddenly, if you're like an individual contributor for what you're doing at your job, you might suddenly find yourself like leading a team for, you know, this casual side project you're doing because, oh, it turns out that you're really well suited to leading, uh, especially for the type of project you're working on on the side. And you get to sort of try that out, despite the fact that it maybe not isn't the primary role you have during your eight hour gig. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think as well, yeah, there, there are like transferable skills in there. I think I got into making these kind of, so my, my 
um, minor obsession on the side is creating like very bite-sized throwaway web apps. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. For, oh, uh, <laughs> so, you don't have uh, to plug that for me. I'm all in on that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, 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 start, I went and um, co-founded a startup in, in Melbourne um, fairly unsuccessfully. And as a part of that, when, when we got stressed out, um, because startups can be very stressful, we would like collaborate on these super bite-sized pieces of work. Like um, one was like an Arrested Development episode chooser because we were watching so much episode, uh, so much Arrested Development at oh, the time yeah. that deciding which episode to rewatch became <laughs> uh, quite the chore. So that was like a big, a big push for it. And I also, I mean, I was trying at the time um, similarly unsuccessfully to be a, uh, to be a, a full-time musician um, that, that was like the dream. And I was like, well, I'll do a startup while I, while I do that, which is like, a, <laughs> it's a lot of competing um, yeah. <laughs> energy. It wasn't, it wasn't my best plan, but, um, uh, neither necessarily, um, uh, <laughs> panned out as much as I'm not a rock star yet, but you know, maybe one day, but a big part of that was making, um, like music videos. And, and yeah. uh, one of the challenges of like a startup and being a musician is you have no money and it's, <laughs> I <laughs> liked the, pressure in a way maybe pressure is the wrong word for it but like the motivation to go out and use these skills that I had from work to try and make um things that were greater than the sum of their parts right yeah for sure I mean honestly one of the best fonts of creativity is a constraint like that where you know you don't have access to unlimited like you can't just go hire a bunch of actors to be in a music video. You can't just get the best recording equipment, but you know you do have this skill and you know that you can employ it in ways that maybe people hadn't considered before. And suddenly what was originally uh, feels like constraining is actually just driving you toward a direction that that people might not have otherwise considered. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it kind of came out of, we paid, I, I like scraped together all of my spare coins to pay for this thousand dollar music video Yeah. Uh, when I was, I was living in Australia uh-huh. and my husband was like, are you sure about this? I was like, I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And we got it back and it was like, um, through no fault of, of the people that made it, it just didn't quite work out. And I had this, this like terrifying moment where I was like, I just spent all of my money to try and make this thing and it's not quite, it's not quite right. And I don't <laughs> really know what to do. So, um, when we were, we were, I was chatting with the um, two people that I had the startup with and they were like, well, why don't you just make something? And then that just went on to become like, that was a music video called Tweet Flight, which is basically, um, I think it's still out there now. Uh, you'll, there'll be a link in the show notes, but it basically takes um, lyrics from the song and then finds tweets in real time that match up to it. So it's kind of like Twitter doing karaoke. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. And uh, it was it was really fun, but I just, I'd never experienced something that like, got for a tiny second like a bit internet famous and it was mm-hmm. a really weird feeling i like internet fame as well because you can feel really good about yourself but then you can just go outside i think it was ryan north who does dinosaur comics who originally said that you can just like <laughs> yeah walk away <laughs> right and then nobody right there's it's a level of fame that like barely blips like it doesn't enter like the real world like at all yeah, except in these absolutely. really specific contexts and otherwise you were just you're charlie still <laughs> yeah. still can't get reservations at restaurants yeah like, <laughs> i had a regular human yeah i just realized i had a very similar sort of experience with a tiny little web app that my friends and i made back in 2012 kanye west and jay-z had just released a collaborative album called watch the throne 
an incredible record. Oh, tremendous! And uh, uh, in one of those, in one of the tracks on that on that album, uh, Kanye West repeatedly uh, says, "Don't let me into my zone." At the very end of that track, and I heard this and realized that it sounded like the instructions for a, a video game, uh, where he was some sort of antagonistic. Uh, force that you had to stop from getting into a zone. And that led to <laughs> an HTML5 browser game called Kanye Zone uh, that my friends and I crunched on, like, as if it were, we, like, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco was coming up. And so we realized this and we had an early prototype. And then one night we just stayed up till like four in the morning as if we were really readying a product for like huge release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had it running on App Engine, and it was super uh, like high availability, which is ridiculous because the whole thing is just a silly little browser game, right? And uh, sure. then, of course, it made no splash whatsoever at GDC. So, well, time wasted, right? But then, no, like three days later, it, it's on the front page of Reddit, and then two hundred thousand people played it in two days. And I think it's been banned in computer labs across the country. <laughs> Because there are like there are high school teachers yeah. out there who just despise you for yeah, Kanye's <laughs> own. I mean, now it's just Fortnite because you can play that. it on your phone. But at the time, this was a big deal, yeah. people. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love that as well, though, because it's like there's something very. I think a lot of the time when we talk about burnout in tech, and when we talk, which is a topic I think is really important. Oh, for sure. When we talk about like overcommitting or. or not making time for you. Like these are always projects that where it's like, it's just so much fun. Or my experiences with them was that they were just so much fun. And if they weren't, you could walk away. So I lo- I totally get that. Like suddenly it's 4am and we're treating this thing like it's oh. the most. Yeah. We had like, like a Jira for it, but like it had like one <laughs> issue, which was like, it's not up yet. Right. It was not like we were like tracking individual components or anything. Oh, I love it. So good. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's also... One one that I had another example I had from when I was um, much younger. Yeah, and actually a big um, impetus for me to um, go and do computer science, or at least start computer science, um, was that I wanted to make a website um, called Post Office Box Sixteen. And basically, what you would do is like uh, you would you would take a postcard, and we're giving them out at events and um, printing them. You could print them at home, and you would decorate it in some way, create a like postcard p- size piece of art, uh-huh. and you would send it in, and then it would get randomly swapped with someone else's, and you would get sent like a, fr- a free piece of art. And um, I really loved it because uh, it just felt I didn't think that anyone would do it. And the first time I got one in the mail, I was like, oh my gosh, people are like, oh, people wow, are actually yeah. engaging with this like tiny thing. And I think there were maybe two hundred postcards in the end, which doesn't sound like a lot, but to me, it was just like absolutely mind boggling. And it was really in like the very early web 2.0 mm-hmm. kind of people starting to realize that you could engage online in a way that wasn't um, dangerous or scary or, or, you know, some of that stuff that had come out of like the pre web 2.0 period. Right. And uh, I just, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But then I realized, so there was a developer that I used to work with and I would hassle him like constantly. Can you like help me make a contact form for my like post office box 16 side? And, uh, Rightly, he was like, I, I'm quite busy with my actual job right now and my family <laughs> and stuff. I don't really want to work on your thing. So then I realized, well, I guess I should just learn how. And then that was like this slippery slope to, um, yeah, to computer science. <laughs> but it's useful. So maybe that's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, that I can like 
draw a path in my life from that experience to to where I am now, which is super surreal when you think about it. I mean, like, and and hugely um, impactful parts of my life, like people that I've met and the relationships I've formed through things like this. Oh yeah. Um, how did you kind of get involved with the groups that you've worked with? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, what for the an example of Kanye's own, it was obviously just my friends and I all happened to think it was a funny idea at the same time, which was <laughs> unbelievably convenient. But uh, a lot of times, uh, one small project you work on like that can actually lead to meeting a lot of like-minded people, as was the case with Kanye's own, where we made that silly little thing and that led to uh, my friends and me meeting a whole bunch of folks at GDC because we were trying to plug Kanye zone as if it were a real game to like <laughs> journalists. And then we actually met some journalists and like became good friends with them. And then one of them was also a consultant on video games, like indie studios. And they put, he put me in touch with, an Argentinian game studio called Blitz, B-L-Y-T-S, because they needed someone to help write uh, because they are a wonderful set of developers and they wanted to make sure that their games were in English and they wanted to make sure it was in like perfect American English and also it was a a comedic game and so they wanted somebody with like comedic sensibilities to, to write the dialogue. And suddenly I was working on an actual video game on the side because I had made a silly game where Kanye West tries to get into a circle. <laughs> it's so true, though, because you don't, I mean, you never know where that stuff's going to go, don't. I think, as well. Yeah. Like, from a music point of view, Tweetfly originally got retweeted by Gautier, who had oh, that whoa, song, yeah. that incredible song, somebody that I used to know. And then he um, sent us tickets to come to his show. <laughs> and then we were backstage, like, hanging out being like what happened like how is this i i felt you know as someone who like wanted to be a musician it was like wow this is such an incredible series of events that have introduced me some amazing people um tim Cheel is another incredible musician from melbourne that i ended up collaborating with a lot um he has a label called spirit level and we've made a bunch of little like experimental music videos i think the last one was a couple years back um for uh uh koya which is a really incredible record that that label out but yeah it's, it's amazing how that stuff kind of it's it's, you never know it's a lot go. of the time and like oh, it's yeah. it's not a guarantee right like you could work on something and nobody sees it and that's totally okay and like because at the end of the day the things that these side projects should be are for personal satisfaction but if you are inspired to work on them like just by doing them enough uh eventually like somebody might notice something and then suddenly you're working on the side on something so much bigger than you thought you even had a business doing. So um, I guess the other side of it is like, what's, what's some, some pitfalls or things to watch out for, you know, if you, if you do want to get involved in this, uh, in, in a, in a side project, is there any stuff that you've come up against that you're like, Ooh, I wish I knew that. Before. Oh, sure. I mean, like both in terms of what we talked about already. And also um, like, for example, I do some voiceover work. Uh, I I'm, represented by a, a talent agency in the Bay Area. And so sometimes I'll be sent an audition to to do like, for example, a, an instructional video or a, a radio or Pandora commercial, for example, for one of my primary employer's competitors. <laughs> 
Oh boy. And so oh boy. for example, <laughs> like in those cases, I just don't audition uh, because it, even if I could, maybe that's technically fine because voiceover is so distinct from what I actually do day to day. Although I guess I am talking into a microphone right now, but, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah. but like, that's just a gray area where like, maybe I should just leave this one be because it could only create headaches. So if, if there's a side project that might be construed as uh, encroaching on the agreement of your primary employer, you should maybe stick to a different side project or at least a different context for that that project. So, for example, uh, I'll yeah. stick to auditioning for like stuffed toy voices or things that I'm pretty sure Salesforce.com <laughs> is not going to be uh, entering into anytime soon. Although an Astro I toy do think might you could buy soft toys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. You got, but I also think, yeah, that's a big thing as well. Sometimes you don't know, so definitely ask. Yeah, just yeah, it's just something to be aware totally. of. Um, one thing I think as well, and I definitely um, struggled with this in music because I love helping people mm. and I enjoy uh, making these things. But I think it's you've got to be really careful that you're not kind of getting taken advantage of. Your time is is really valuable. It's genuinely the only non renewable thing you have. Right. So you want to make sure that you're doing something that you're enjoying and that aligns to your um your aesthetic and your you know um whatever moral compass or anything like that you know you want to make sure that you're doing something that you feel passionate about personally and and you're not it's not a chore Mm -hmm. because uh yeah there's lots of um even through no ill will people can sometimes oh yeah um, totally yeah like you're if you come like i'm i'm a very like i just come off as very friendly i am friendly i'm not trying to sound like I'm duplicitous, <laughs> but like, you know, it's very easy to, to think like, well, this guy's really nice. So maybe he'd just do this thing for me for free. And I might because I am pretty nice, but it's good to remember yeah. that like a lot of the times if, if it's not something that everyone's invested in just for the pure passion of the project. And if somebody is potentially going to be making money off of it, that you as a contributor to that need to make sure that you are a part of that as well yeah like you said before i think it it bears repeating like uh there's a lot of pressure in the tech industry i think to to have this kind of like github visibility i think open source definitely um has Mm. had this as a as a criticism Mm -hmm. and i think um a lot of the time a lot of there's a lot of open source projects where the person who started it the maintenance of it becomes really hard work um for sure so i think if you want to spend your weekends having a weekend, just have a weekend. I mean, sit back, relax, read a read a great sci-fi. Yeah, novel. yeah. Like, do you right? Like, like all the stories that we just told about like, like side projects snowballing into bigger things. Like that shouldn't be the the impetus. That shouldn't be what why you're why these are inspiring to you. Like the it's sort of the other direction where like you should do whatever you want to do with your free time, and sometimes yeah. that will lead to a creative output that draws attention. And that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely took a huge break from, from doing these kinds of things. Um, partially cause, uh, I just had other things go on. I don't know. I was, I became really interested in like, I don't know, fitness and, or I became really interested in, um, I, I watched great British bake off once and then tried to become a chef, <laughs> which didn't work <laughs> out. <laughs> 
but uh yeah i think it's 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 meant to be fun for sure um awesome well i think that's about all we've got time for hopefully that gives um you some things to think about dear listener and um as always steven thank you so much for taking time out to hang out with me all the way across a giant ocean i really charlie it it was an absolute delight as always i'm so glad that we were able to make this happen and uh, if you'd like to learn more about any of the things that we talked about today you should check out the show notes Um, and if you want to have a chat to us about our experiences or learn more about um, side projects in general and our um and our recommendations on things to get started, you can get in touch with us uh, via the Codish website as well. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts.